Your Locked On Maple Leafs. Your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much, much appreciated. And uh, we are now 24 hours away from puck drop, and it is time for our annual, and I can call it annual because now I've done this two years in a row since this podcast is two years old. So it is our annual overs, unders, predictions, and trophy picks. And to be joined with me as we do this is going to be my man, Ken Stapon, also a colleague of mine here at TSN 1050 and the host of the Not Another Least podcast. Kenny, what's up, pal? Mikey, long, long time no see. How you been? I know. It's been, what, 24 hours since I saw you yesterday? <laughs> yeah, last night during the Raptors game at the station, so not too long. Uh, but with NHL hockey right on the cusp here, it's just 24 hours away. Getting hyped for this season. Big expectations for our team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, but... We'll uh, get to that a little bit later on. Yeah, I'm hoping that the Maple Leafs don't get off to the start that the Raptors are getting off to. It's it's not looking good early on for uh, <laughs> for the Raps. But Just, yeah, to say the least. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start off with some over unders here, Maple Leafs related over unders, uh, and then we'll do some league awards, and then we'll break it down. We've got three crazy bull predictions: three from you, three from me, and we'll explain why we think those could happen. And our predictions. So let's start out here with the over and unders. And uh, I'm just going to throw them at you. And then we'll both pick what we think is going to happen over or under the number and why. So let's start off with uh, with a kind of a layup, an easy one. And obviously it's not easy because I think it's a pretty good line here. But Joe Thornton, over under 48 and a half games played. Ooh, I would have to lean to the under on that one. I think 48 and a half uh, would basically be why he plays everything but what seven games, eight games in a 56 game schedule. And I just feel like down the stretch, the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to look to get this guy a little bit of rest. They do have a couple depth forwards who I think can plug into the lineup. I mean, you bump Zach Hyman back up on that first line and then shuffle the fourth line a little bit around. I just don't see this guy playing that close to 50 at this point in his career. So there's 56 games in the year. There are eight back-to-backs, 56 if he doesn't play on both nights of the back-to-backs, and those are the nights that he gets off. That brings him to 48, and that number is below 48 and a half. So I'm also going to join you, but I think it's going to be just slightly under by a hair. Barely. Yeah, by a hair. I'd be I'd be surprised if he plays less than 45. So between 45 and 48 games, uh, barring injury, of course, and all of these numbers are barring injury. This is assuming this is on pace for a 56 you know game season for everybody. You shouldn't have to put that disclaimer out there, Kenny. But 
you do for some people, apparently. Uh, all right, let's move on and let's go for the second one here. And this is moving to the backup goalie position. And there was a lot of conversation last year going into the season about the, the backup goalie spot. And it seems like this year we finally have things settled with Jack Campbell. Uh, how many games do you think he's going to play, though? We have the over-under set at 15 and a half. I think this is likely an over for Campbell. I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs really want to establish a, not necessarily a 1A, 1B, but they want to definitely take some of the workload off of Frederick Anderson. Now, inherently in a 56-game schedule, a lot of that's going to be done just by the fact that he's not going to be playing as many games. In a regular season, he'd be playing closer to 60, the way that the Toronto Maple Leafs have had to ride him down the stretch over the last several seasons. I do expect Campbell to get some Ws between the pipes, though, and if he is performing well, then you clearly are going to get him in between the pipes a little bit more often. Uh, you said the line is at 15 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, I feel pretty good going on the over on that one. Yeah. I'm going to join you on this one as well. Uh, I did a little bit of number crunching and the number that has always kind of been synonymous with, with uh, Freddie Anderson when it comes to games and starts is kind of 58, right? If you get him to that 58 game, that's kind of right in the wheelhouse, exactly where you want him to be. And if you dumb that, or if you uh, uh, put that into a 56 game season, that'd be 39.2 games on par with the, the 58 through 82, which means that's about 40 games, which leaves 16 up for grabs for Campbell to play. If, uh, if that, that's the way that we're going to play it. And and I think that he does that. I think he actually plays more than 16. I wouldn't be shocked if we get to see 20 games out of Jack Campbell this year. Keep Freddie as fresh as possible going into the playoffs. And it's just, it's a lot of games in a short amount of time. It's what, 113 days, uh, 56 games within that time span. So I think that he'll get more nights off than, than we would usually see. There's no all-star break. There's no, uh, there's no bye weeks. There's no Christmas break. It's going to be straight hockey all the way through. And I think that uh, the backup goaltenders are going to get a fair amount of work this off season. So I'm taking the over as well. All right. Nick Robertson over under 21 and a half games played Ooh, this is a tough one for me mm-hmm. um i'm gonna say under but i'm not feeling great about this pick uh basically what it comes down to is whether robertson's able to capitalize on his opportunity which surely he's going to get at some point in the season to sniff into the nhl lineup particularly with the uncertainty going on at the minor league affiliates you aren't necessarily sure where this guy's going to be able to play if it isn't on the taxi squad or coming around with the toronto maple Leafs. so i think that plays a factor um he's going to get an opportunity we saw him in the blue and white scrimmage the other night with that shot the howitzer Ooh, from the point bomb. if he can do if he can do that a couple times in an nhl contest he's surely going to make his way into the regular lineup so really it just comes down to when he gets his opportunity whether that's based off injuries or sheldon Keefe seeing and liking what he sees out of the youngster but i'm right now i just think that they're looking at a little bit more experience and depth up out of, in the top 12 at the moment so I'm going to lean towards the under, but uh, I don't know. I'm not feeling super confident about that one. Well, this is the first time that we're going to be opposite of each other because I am loving the over set on this <laughs> line, man. 
I yeah. think I think he he establishes a role on this team by about game twenty five and becomes a nightly staple. I really do. He's he's someone who the Leafs need to be able to take over uh, on a nightly basis next season, anyways. And if he could end up doing it early on this year on a cheap contract like that going forward, uh, I think that Nick Robertson. Not only that, he, he is an extremely you know talented player, and I think he could do some good things for the Maple Leafs. And I believe that he should be able to get up uh, around twenty five to. 30 games this year. Uh, I think once he proves himself and establishes himself in a good position, that'll give him an opportunity to do it because you think about it, what they've got going on, especially in the top six, which is kind of where Robertson would fit best at, it's two question marks on the left side. You've got uh, you've got Joe Thornton, which, you know, not saying that Robertson's a better player than Joe Thornton, but he's certainly not a lock to stay on that line his enti- the entire season. And Jimmy Vesey's even more of a question mark. So could I see Nick Robertson taking that role of Jimmy Vesey on the second line if he doesn't, you know, play well to start the season? For sure. Could he hang on to it? For sure. So I'm going to err on the side of caution here and say that he does do that. And uh, I think over 21 and a half games, pretty good bet there. Okay, moving on here to uh, faceoff percentage. Austin Matthews over under 56.5%. Last year, he had a career high of 55%. So, does he best that this season? Well, looking at some of the other centers that he's going to be matched up against in the Canadian division, I mean, it's not necessarily going to be a cakewalk for this guy when you look at some of these other teams. Uh, 56% is sniffing around that elite, elite face-off territory. You know, there's only a couple guys in the league that really consistently hit above that. You think about Sean Couturier in Philadelphia. You think about Patrice Bergeron, Ryan O'Reilly in St. Louis, three of the best in the business to do it. Um, He really would only have to bump it up about 1.5%. Ooh, this is a, it's a really tough line there. You know what? I'm going to, it's, I'm going to go for it and say that he's going to hit the over that he can improve on that 1.5% on the faceoffs this season and uh, really become that dominance two-way center, which is a huge aspect of the development of the center position at the highest level is the ability to win a faceoff in either zone. I say about 56.5. Love it, Kenny. Love it, Kenny. I'm saying over as well. And the thing that I'm going to add to that. Their new assistant coach, Manny Malhotra, where did he come from last year? Vancouver. Can you think of a few players out in Vancouver who were amazing on the draws? Because I can think of three that were in the top 10 in the league last year. Manny Malhotra is a wizard when it comes to the face-off draw. He did it and carved out a nice career by being a master in the circle. And I think that he did a pretty good job of uh, really progressing the players in Vancouver at doing that. I think he does the same here in Toronto. I'm really looking for uh, a lot of these players, Austin Matthews, Tavares, Kerfoot especially, looking forward to seeing their progression uh, at the face-off and I think Manny Malhotra uh, was a great ad, and he's certainly going to help with that. All right, uh, moving on to points. We've got John Tavares over under 56.5 points. So basically you're asking if Tavares is going to be a point-to-game player, and I think that he certainly is going to be. A little bit of a regression last year, uh, but he was really just dealing with the injury early on in the season, never really got comfortable, obviously, 
Mike Babcock at the beginning of the year wanted to play a little bit more of a defensively oriented system. And after Sheldon Keefe took over, all the offensive players' numbers spiked. I would expect that to be the case again this season with Keefe taking over right from the beginning. And there's going to be a little bit more freedom with all those guys. He's had a little bit more time to establish some chemistry with William Nylander. The one thing that will hurt him is it doesn't look like he's going to be playing on the first power play unit this year. Mm -hmm. It looks like they're going to be staggering the depth. Now, something that your boy, Manny Malholtra, who will be taking over the special team's responsibilities, is uh, being the driving force behind. But I think that Tavares has a nice bounce back year this year, over a point a game for sure. I'm going on the over. I'm going to take the under, but just slightly under. I just, you know, point per game is is pretty special. And don't get me wrong, I think Tavares is a special player. He is elite. But I just, I don't see it, and you you took the words out of my mouth. The fact that he was taken off of that number one power play, I think, is going to to hurt his production just a little bit, and just enough to put him under the 56.5 threshold, but still probably somewhere in the early 50s, I would say. But I'm going to take the under here. Uh, Mitch Marner, 62.5 points over under. Uh, Again, I'm going to take the over for, in large part, a lot of the same reasons that I just said with Tavares. He's going to likely be playing with Austin Matthews and Joe Thornton as his line mates, at least for the beginning of the season, which is obviously beneficial for Marner. He's probably going to have a little bit more opportunity to shoot the puck with Thornton on that line, Mm -hmm. to be quite honest. Still likely will slot in on the first power play unit if it shakes out the way that it looks at the moment, which will obviously help his progression. And this is a guy that was on pace last year for if the season continued prorated about 98 points after Sheldon Keefe took over. So certainly well above that margin. I'm going to assume that would be around the same amount as what do you say? 64, uh, 62 and a half. 62 and a half. So yeah, probably even a much larger margin than that he was on pace for last season. I think that he continues to develop into an offensive powerhouse in this league and certainly hits the over on that. I'm with you. I think he's going to have a monster year. Big uh, long, year. Yeah, alongside Matthews. Monster year. And that leads me to the man himself who now apparently is going by Tony. Big Tony. Did you see that, by the way? <laughs> yeah, I love it. Like, I think it, like the nicknames just keep coming out of left field, right field for Austin Matthews. And Tony has to be my favorite of the bunch, although I was partial to Big Cactus. That was one of my favorites right out of the gate during his rookie year. Big Cactus is a pretty good one. Big Poppy. But uh, Tony, I think, as as a man of Italian heritage, I think I like it. You, you see the sweet stash on him. Yeah, I, and I was going to say, it matches the mustache. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And, and I guess that was a nickname that was given to him by Tyler Ennis uh, a couple of years ago or last season, whenever he saw him. Tyler Ennis apparently gave him that nickname, and it's kind of stuck. And now uh, I guess it's it's really his go-to for a lot of his teammates. But anywho, uh, Big Tony. AM 34 over under 32 and a half goals. Mikey, I'm just going to nail the over all day on these point totals. (laughs) I think that playing under Keefe as stated before, uh, Austin Matthews last year was on pace to get over 50. I've seen some projections this season that have him sniffing around 50 goals in the shortened season. 
Now, I think that might be a little bit over the top. Certainly, I could see him hitting easily over 40, but at 32, you've got to nail the over. This guy is one of the most dominant players in the league, five on five, again, playing on that top power play unit and really coming into his own understanding how to use his size, his physicality, his frame to shield his body and get good positioning on the goaltenders in the offensive zone. And he can absolutely rip it. So certainly over 32 and a half or 32 goals, I think he's going to blow by that mark. Yeah, I I think so too. You take a look at what he did last season. Um, I I just think that he's going to do it too. I think he's pretty much a, a fifty goal guy, and you know thirty two and a half goals over the course of a fifty six game season is on pace for forty seven and a half in a full eighty two. And he did that last year in less than that. I think that he's certainly someone who could score for a fifty goal pace, and that's roughly around thirty five ish goals. And all that number's over thirty two, my friend. And uh, man, if you're if you're thinking that these are overs and you're hammering these, dude, head over to Bet Online. .ag. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get yourself an extra 50% as a welcome bonus as well. And make yourself some money, pal. Go and do it. We still got a couple more over-unders, though. So don't do it quite yet. But when we finish and log off, go make yourself some money. Uh, all right. A couple more here. Uh, William Nylander, 24 and a half goals scored. Over-under. Ooh, so basically, yeah, he'd need a, about one goal, uh, a little bit, basically one goal every two games, maybe a little bit, uh, a little bit less than that. Um, Nylander, I think, continues to grow into a dominant offensive force. Um, again, one of the better, one of the better five on five players in the league. And you see his production grow over the last several seasons. I feel like he's just getting more comfortable in his ability as a player and would certainly think that that's going to continue moving into this season, especially with the new head coach. I think the offensive numbers are for like all of these players. It doesn't matter who you pick are going to benefit from Sheldon Keefe's coaching style. So again, I'm going on the over also because nobody likes bending the, bending the under the over is never dead. True. Very true. And you're always going to the end of the year. Uh, okay. Here I may may persuade you to take the under on this one. It's a tough line, a real tough line, but here it is. Zach Hyman, 19 and a half goals over under. I'm going under on this one. <laughs> I mean, I know I just said that the over never dies, and it's like I wouldn't go on the under, but uh, scored- it certainly looks like this year that Hyman according to head coach Sheldon Keefe, is likely going to be playing the majority of his minutes on the third line with Kerfoot and Ilya Mikheyev. And although I do like that line as a checking line, and I think they have the ability to hem other teams in the zone and win a lot of one-on-one puck battles, that's a far cry from playing with either John Tavares and William Nylander or yeah. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner over the past several seasons. So He's not going to be getting as many good looks or good feeds from those guys. And certainly, I think it behooves the Maple Leafs as he's hanging into a contract here to try to keep his goal totals down under that if they're looking to renegotiate with him in the future. This one's going to be an under for me. I see you're subscribing to my conspiracy theory about why Hyman's really on the third line. (laughs) Yeah, it's a contract year. Time to send him to the third line. Exactly. Uh, You know, it's funny because you look at him. He scored 21 in 51 last year. So you think to yourself, 19 and a half. Well, he easily cleared that last year. He's got to do it again. But 
you know, I think what you just said is pretty much the argument against it. And the argument for the under is the fact that, well, there he was playing on the top line with a guy named Austin Matthews, where now he's not. He's playing on a third line checking role where he'll have a lot of defensive zone responsibilities. Whereas last year, he had a lot of fun time in the offensive zone, something he probably won't have this season. Uh, All right, we got two more quick ones. One is about Freddie Anderson. The other one is over under for Maple Leafs points this year. But before we get to that one, Freddie Anderson, over under 914 save percentage. Well, it's going to be tough competition in the Canadian division. It's been well documented that basically every team but Ottawa could be in the playoff hunt. So it's going to be tough competition night in, night out. Certainly the Maple Leafs would like to see him above that number. Uh, I think that with Jack Campbell taking a lot of starts out of his out of his um, normal workload, that will benefit Freddie Anderson. But 914, is, that's a pretty high number when you look at the whole season in today's nhl yeah like goals are are up in general over the last few years like back in the day at 914 was kind of league average you you had to be up in the 920s to be considered you know a good or above average goaltender but now you're hovering in the 19s like that's that's pretty good so 914 save percentage it's a tough number to beat I would think that 914, I'm going to go on the over based off the fact that I think that he's going to be well-rested with Jack Mm -hmm. Campbell. And I also think that coming into a contract year, he's going to perform in the regular season as he normally does above expectations. Freddie, Freddie Anderson's issue has been not with his ability to get the team into the playoffs, but what he does and what goes on between the ears once he gets there. So I think over a 914 for the regular season. Oh, man. See, this is such a tough one, but it, it's it's like this one flip a coin, man. It is like I, if I if I was I would not take this line if I was betting. I go with the Austin Matthews goal line instead because that seems much more safe. Definitely, oh, one hundred percent seems a lot more safe. But you know what? I'm I'm going to be cautiously optimistic with you and take the over. But obviously, I don't sound too confident in that one. So you know what? I'm going to be different. I'm going to switch it. I think it's it's more likely to be the under 914. Like you said, tough division, lots of goal scorers. You're going to see Connor McDavid, geez, how many times? Elias Pettersson, Patrick Laine. The like, Winnipeg Jets oh. have a – yeah, it's just like top to bottom, the division, like is by my estimation, is the toughest, toughest division in hockey. Yeah, so I, I think that he's just going to be peppered, peppered with uh, shots and – you know, a lot of really talented goal scorers will probably end up beating him uh, quite easily some nights. So I, I'm going to take the under. However, an improved defense should be able to help him out. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening. It's it's a good line, though. All right, last one before we take a quick break here. Maple Leafs over under 69.5 points. 69.5 points in 56 games. Nice. Um, it, I think that if you're going to win the division, you might need uh, slightly more than that. Oh, 69.5 points. Uh, tell me what that translates to in the NHL, because I know you've got the an irregular season, because I know you have that number right in front of you. Oh, I don't, dude. <laughs> For whatever <laughs> All right, well, reason. I'll, well, right, I'll, I'll, just fly, I'll just fly off the seat of my pants then. I do think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to finish first in the North Division, the Scotiabank North Division, whatever you want to call it. And I think that likely if you're going to finish in first in that division, you're going to need more than 69 points. So I'll go over on that, um, but not not by a whole lot. I could see them finishing with uh, 72 points, something around that that range. So it's a 101, 102 point 
pace on an 82 game season. Yeah, I've got no problem with that against the, this competition, albeit, um, as we noted, they're all difficult teams. But I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs are poised for a very big year, and uh, 102 points seems reasonable if you're going to come out in first place in that division. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take the over as well. Uh, I'm I'm pretty bullish on that number actually. Like I would I would have set that. Geez, I may go up as as high as 74, 75 points to be quite honest with you. I just think you know this this is. For the first time in a very long time, they're going to be considered the favorite each and every night. When that puck drops, they are going to be the favored team every night. Doesn't matter if they're playing uh, at home, on the road, against Montreal, against Ottawa, against Vancouver. It doesn't matter. They're going to be the favorite team each and every night, and I believe that they should be able to win a lot more than they will lose. That being said, I'll take the over. And that does it for our over and unders for the 2021 campaign. Uh, we'll have to reconvene at the end of the year and see how we did. Uh, and you know, we we had a few that we differed on, but uh, some of these were pretty pretty spot on. And once again, uh, most of these lines you can go and and bet on at betonline.ag. All right, we'll take a quick break, and when we return, we'll do the league awards and then our three bold predictions. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and then choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, price at Rock. Auto are always reliably low, and the same for the professionals as the do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or your truck, and write locked on on their How'd You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano, the host of the program, and I'm being joined today by Ken Stapon, a co-host of the Not Another Lease podcast, also a good friend of mine and colleague at uh, TSN 1050. Uh, so we went over our overs and unders. Let's go to the league awards, and let's start off with the big kahuna, the Hart Trophy. Who do you think is going to win the Hart? Ooh, this is a good question because generally – the player who wins the heart is not necessarily the best player in the league. It's the player who did the most for their team that was able to sneak into the playoffs. Now, <laughs> Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, and Leon Drysaddle are the front runners, um, followed by Panarin, Point, and Matthews. I would be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to see this one go to Artemi Panarin. And I'll tell you why. It's because the expectations for the New York Rangers aren't that they're necessarily going to be a bona fide playoff team. Although I know you and I have similar expectations of the Rangers to take the next step. Panarin has been a dominant player in New York. And when you look at the goal differential, when he's on the ice versus off the ice, they're two completely different teams way in the positive when he's out there. It's way in the negative when he's not, if the Rangers are going to make the playoffs, it's going to be because Panarin had a MVP caliber campaign. So I like him at uh, plus 1000 right now. Tell you a little secret. In my opinion, if the season would have finished at 82 games, I think the Rangers would have made an absolute tear down the stretch, got themselves into the legitimate playoffs, and Artemi Panarin would have been 
last year's Hart Trophy winner. That's that's just my opinion, though. Uh, but for me, um, I, I I think it's going to end up being Nathan McKinnon. I think he's got to he's got to win a heart eventually, <laughs> and I think this is going to be uh, the year that he does it. Uh, he's he's just an absolute monster and an animal, and at plus six hundred odds, I, I I think Nathan McKinnon has a pretty good shot at winning it. Um, also, when you think about the other two players that are in the top three there, Dreisaitl and McDavid, they could end up splitting votes. And if, you know, that ends up happening, that leaves Nathan McKinnon uh, wide open to to go up there and claim it. All right, let's move on to the Rocket Richard. And our boy Austin Matthews is favored here at betonline.ag. Do you agree with them? Do you have Austin Matthews winning the Rocket? I do have Austin Matthews winning the Rocket this season. Um, the odds on favorite at plus 250. I think that he was just on a blistering pace last year. It finished just a, a one goal shy of tying Alex Ovechkin and David Pasternak for the award a year ago. His goal scoring at five on five has been absolutely unreal. I expect him to take another step in the right direction this year. Yeah. And with the, like, for the, a lot of the same reasons that we outlined in the last block, I think that this team is just set up for an offensive minded player to dominate and it's time Austin Matthews time. I expect Alex Ovechkin to take a little bit of a step back. Uh, I believe David Pasternak is supposed to miss a little bit of the beginning of the season. Yeah. So I'm not certain that he'll be in it. McDavid doesn't score as many goals as Austin Matthews. He'll blow him out of the points, but not, not on the goal sheet. I think that this is Austin Matthews time to shine and he'll uh, lock up his first rocket. I like it. I like it, Kenny. And let me just say this, too. For those who maybe are a little new to the betting scene and, and you are interested in dabbling, venturing into it, um, you can always hedge your bet. <laughs> and especially with these types of bets, because it's more than just a one-to-one odds, like plus 250 for, or for uh, Austin Matthews. Even if you tried to hedge it by betting somebody else, like an Alex Ovechkin, you are still going to profit if one of those two end up winning. So if you're kind of on the fence there, you can make those bets and you know, throw 10 bucks on each of them and hope you hit. If it ends up being Ovechkin, which I personally am doing this, I, I've, I've got a wager placed on both of these guys. And, you know, as a Leafs fan, I want Matthews to win it. As a better, obviously, with Ovi at plus 650, I'll win a lot more money if he ends up doing it. But that's just a, a quick tip for, for those uh, beginners out there who are just starting to venture into the whole betting scene, as we do know that it's fairly new uh, for a lot of people. Uh, but I, I think that's that's a good pick there in Austin Matthews, and it really is just a, a flip of the coin between those two. They could end up in a tie for all we know, but uh, yeah, th- those are the two solid picks there for the. And if you're looking, Richard. and if you're looking for value, uh, I really like Sebastian Ajo at plus yep. fourteen hundred. I think that division is inherently a little bit top heavy, and uh, he's going to be playing against a lot of bad teams in the bottom of that division, centering that top line on Carolina. A really great active decor is going to be able to break the puck out easily and efficiently to get them some good looks offensively. I love Aho at plus 1400 if you're looking for a nice payout and uh, a little bit more of a value pick. Nice, nice. Love it, love it. All right, let's move on to the Vesna. Who do you got one in the Vez? Ooh, the Vesna. Um, so the easy pick would be to go with Andre Vasilevsky. He's been, by my money, the best goaltender in the league for the last several seasons. Uh, Helly Buck's up there as well. I don't expect him to repeat Me either. the season that he had a year ago, which was absolutely outstanding. Uh, among the other favorites, it's like all the usual suspects, Tuka Rask, Robin Leonard, Jordan Binnington. Um, I'm probably, if I if you had a gun to my head, I'd go with Vasilevsky. 
I just think that the Lightning have the most complete unit in front of him, which is going to benefit him in the long run. And he's just with that big size, the dominant frame, he's been the best goaltender in the league or one of the top three in the league for about the last two or three seasons. Now I don't expect that to anything to be different this season. I'm going with Vasilevsky and another favorite, albeit. Yep. And I totally completely agree with you. And for a favorite, the odds are pretty good. Plus six fifty for Vasilevsky to win it. So um, I, I like that pick right there. All right. The Norris trophy. And well, I think we could potentially see someone else win this one, but just like Vasilevsky for myself, I just, you know, there's no better defenseman out there than Victor Hedman. He is the best D-man out there, has been for the last few seasons, and I think at plus 650, just like Vasilevsky, that's just too good a value to to, to pass up, and and I really do believe that he can win back-to-back. Well, no, did he win last year? No, Carlson won. Yeah, Carlson, I believe, won it. But no, I think um, I'd have to look it up, to be honest. I don't, I don't recall off the top of my head. <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm with you that Victor Hedman, like the, there's 1A and then everybody else is 1B or 1C. Uh, he's the most dominant player in the league. His ability to skate, his bit, he's big, his size. He's able to box people out in front of the net. He plays about 25 minutes a night for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And there's no reason to think that he won't continue his dominant run that he started on the lightning cup run just a year ago, this guy looked absolutely out of his mind in the playoffs. I expect him to pick up where he left off. Victor Hedman at plus 650, great value for the Norris Trophy. He won two years ago. Sorry, not last season. Uh, Yossi won last year. Uh, last season. Well, he's also one of the favorites at plus 750, and I would not be surprised to see Roman Yossi make some noise. He's one yep. of the best, better two-way guys in the game as well. But I just feel like Hedman is far and away the best defender, defenseman. Like, And we haven't seen somebody dominate for this many years in a row. Like, I, I can't remember for how long. It seems like maybe but, Nick Lindstrom was, yeah, would be the last guy. Eric Carlson for, like, early in the 2000s, in the 2010s, was pretty dominant until yeah, uh, he was injuries, injuries caught up. Um, but but other than that, yeah, Hedman certainly has taken uh, taken it right from Carlson and, and has moved into it. But really, I think you're right. You talk about Nick Lindstrom for the last 20 years. You talk about the, the cream of the crop premier defenseman in the league. It's been sweets. <laughs> like, and he did most of his damage once he hit his thirties. Yeah, like I, th- I, mean. I, th- I think he might. Like, how many Norris trophies did that guy win? It had to be like I th- think it's like he won like seven trophies or something. Yeah, and the lot. majority of them he won when he was in his thirties. So Hedman just heading into the well, he's not even into the back nine of his career yet. But I expect him to continue his dominant presence on the back end for the defending Stanley Cup champions this season. As do I. All right, this one may be a little different for both of us. How about the Calder? Who do you got winning the Calder Trophy? Ooh, the Calder Trophy. So I got to see who the favorites are first and foremost. Um, Lafreniere and Igor Shosturkin are the top two. Um, Then you know, I I would probably I probably lean towards uh, Shosturkin. I'm surprised that he's actually qualifying as a rookie. Well, because I think he only ended up playing uh, X amount of games last year. That still makes him rookie eligible. Because he only and because played, yeah, what, he got in a, he got in a car accident. I think in the middle of the season that yeah. sort of disrupted his uh, disrupted his starts, and then obviously the rest of the season got just got shut down. Now these guys are going to be like, well, one success is going to be tied to the others, but Shesterkin has been dominant at every level that he's played at. I believe 
believe his win percentage, if you look at all his every stop of the way along his pro career, averages out to about 80%. He's going to be a superstar in this league. He's going to be this franchise goaltender for the New York Rangers. And how lucky has that franchise been? You get Mike Richter, then you get King Henrik for a couple of years. And now all of a sudden this guy comes in and I fully expect him to be the goaltender for the next 15 years. I love Shesterkin winning the Calder this year just because I've seen him dominate at the NHL level. And I think that he's going to be able to parlay that dominance that we saw last year into a really efficient season this year as the New York Rangers starter. That's a good pick, a really good pick. But uh, I'm going to go down the board a little bit. And I'm going to pick uh, our friend, friend of the show. He's been on here a couple of times. Ross Leviton from Locked On sends his boy, Timmy Superstar, Tim Stutzla. Tim Stutzla. Yes, our guy, Tim Stutzla at plus 750. Look, if you take a look, he's going to play on the first line with Derek Stepan and Evgeny Dadanov. And, you know, what we saw Dadanov do for a player like like uh, Mike Hoffman, he's just going to put the puck where he needs it so he can score. And what we saw of Stutzla in the World Juniors, this guy could score. He's a heck of a talent. I think he's ready for top NHL minutes, and I believe that he's going to get it. When I, I think of the other players like Lafreniere, like um, like Shosturkin, I, I I just Shosturkin may be able to do it, but again, it's goalie, so he's not going to play as many games as Stutzla. And there's always that conversation about whether or not you know someone who only played you know sixty percent of the games compared to someone who played hundred percent is it worth it? And then as far as Lafreniere goes, you know, that's a pretty talented team, and I'm not so sure he's going to be gifted top six minutes right away. If you look at his lineup on daily faceoff, you look at their lines so far throughout training camp, he's been skating on the third line. Now, that's not to say they can't move up, but third line minutes compared to top line minutes for a guy like Stutzla, I like his uh, chances of, of scoring and getting production, and at the end of the day, production is all the all the uh, criteria you need to win a Calder. So, I actually think that Stutzla plus 750 has pretty good odds at winning this thing yeah and i like that pick he dominated at the world juniors another thing that might hurt shesterkin is alexander georgiev who has also yep. proven himself to be an nhl capable goaltender if they end up splitting the time closer to 50 50 rather than shesterkin getting the majority of the starts then that's going to give a bona fide advantage to a number of the forwards who are in contention for this award how much consideration would you put in and since we're talking about you know, guys a little down the board, I suppose, in Stutzla. Someone else who is down the board a little bit at plus, I think I saw last, 1,800 for Trevor Zegras. Another player who dominated at the World Juniors and is going to get a, an opportunity to play some big minutes out in Anaheim. Is he somebody that you think has an opportunity to kind of steal this award away? Outside shot, for sure. I mean, he's one of the most talented offensive players that we saw at the World Junior Tournament. I believe he set the United States record for most points by a player through the tournament. So his offensive pedigree is second to none for everybody in this group. Obviously, he's going to get a chance to play what what you expect to be pretty close to top-line minutes on the Anaheim Ducks, who are a rebuilding team. Zegras has an outside shot, and at plus 1,800, why not throw a couple bucks on him? Because he certainly showed that he has the offensive pedigree at the junior level. Now he just has to prove they can translate that at the NHL level. All right, and I believe this is the final trophy of the year that we are going to be awarding, besides the big one, obviously, and that's going to be the Jack Adams Coach of the Year Award. Uh, Who do you got winning this one? This one's uh, one of those awards that I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) 
because I feel like there's always that one team who sort of exp- nobody's really expecting anything of them, and all of a sudden the coach just fires it up, and they're able to, you know, go on a hell of a run. I feel like uh, looking down the board a little bit, probably had a guy like Rod Brindamore. I expect big things out of the Carolina Hurricanes this season in that central division, which we'll get to in a little bit when we talk about our three surprising takes or what, what were we calling it? Uh, three three bold, bold predictions, predictions. essentially he- heading into the season. So we'll get more on that in a little bit. But Rob Brindamore at plus 1200, I think is great value. I expect the Carolines, Carolina Hurricanes to be competing for the top spot in the central division and likely to make some noise in the playoffs. I think that the goaltending tandem has worked well for them. And in the past, we've seen that benefit teams. Pittsburgh comes to mind when you have two goaltenders who you can sort of switch in and switch out if one gets cold. The back end looks really good, really strong, uh, anchored by Dougie Hamilton, who was in the Norris conversation that last year, expected to be in the Norris conversation again this year. I love this group, and I love Brenda Moore's ability to motivate the group. Him at twelve plus 1,200, I think, is excellent value. I'm going with our boy, Sheldon Heath. Sheldon. Yes, if the Leafs have the season that everyone is projecting, that we all think they're going to have and and end up winning the Canadian division, I truly believe that Sheldon Keefe will get the Jack Adams Award. You think about how much this team has suffered over the last little bit. Uh, They really, really need something good to happen. And if Keefe can deliver a solid team with a solid effort, a great playoff run, uh, and I know technically the playoffs don't even factor into this award, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, I think that Sheldon Keefe has a really good, good chance at winning this award uh, and at plus 1400 I just think those are great odds and you think about who votes for these awards right it's it's the media members the the professional hockey writers and a majority of these people believe it or not are Toronto based and are Canadian based and they're going to look at this team and they're going <laughs> to see the Leafs succeeding and succeeding and beating up on all these other teams in Canada all year long and it's going to be because Sheldon Keefe got this team ready to rock ready to go for game time which all starts tomorrow I might add against the Montreal Canadiens and I think that Sheldon Keefe our man is going to be the 2021 Jack Adams winner plus 1400 for those odds I love it yeah, I don't hate that pick either. Sheldon Keefe, the, it was well-documented the way the team was able to turn it around after he took over last year, both in winning percentage, uh, goals for the offense was clicking in all cylinders. The power play was second in the league, only behind Edmonton. Expect that right of the gate, and if they can translate the same success that they had after he took over last year into this season, then certainly he'll be in the conversation, albeit none of that will matter unless they can get past that first round of the playoffs. Well, when it comes to the Jack Adams Award, the playoffs aren't factored in. No, no, I know, but I'm saying that Sheldon Keefe won't care if he wins the Jack Adams Award if they get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs. 100%. You're right. (laughs) It's all all about the the ultimate trophy, Mikey, not individual accolades. That is true. That is very true. Uh, Okay, last one. Uh, We got two more here in terms of, uh, so we got the big show with the Stanley Cup, but let's first... The Canadian division, are we both on board that the Maple Leafs are are going to win this division? Maple Leafs are going to win this division, and I will not be taking further questions at this time. Good stuff. Plus 230 are the odds on that, which to me, great odds. Like that, that seems like they're just giving you money. Uh, (laughs) Stanley Cup. Who is your Stanley Cup pick? Oh, this is always so difficult. Um, 
am, am I going to be like, I feel like I'm just going to be like the hometown bias guy. Let's if I say it. that, I think the Toronto Maple Leafs could win the Stanley cup this yes, year. Yes, Kenny. Yes. Kenny. But, uh, but on, honestly, I feel like they could. Dude, I think that too. the Canadian division like pans out beautifully for the Maple Leafs. They don't have to run into the Tampa Bay Lightning or the Boston Bruins who have been their kryptonite. The pathway is going to be there for them to make it to the Eastern Conference Final. And if they can win that series, well, it just depends to see or whichever, whatever they're calling it now. I don't know which, this what they're calling it. I guess like technically, yeah, whatever the final it is. But yeah, I, I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that the the additions, Sheldon Keefe as head coach, I think that all comes together for them this year and that they can finally get that 1967 monkey off their back and win the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah. And just imagine the year that nobody can go down and watch them, the year that nobody can celebrate. We've been planning this parade along Young Street for how long? The parade route for the Maple Leafs? And, and no <laughs> oh, one's going to be able to Oh, goodness. It'd start actually... like way out in Woodbridge. Oh, my God. And then we're just not going to be able to do it. It's it's going to be so upsetting. So upsetting. And I think it's honestly going to happen. It's just... Yeah. It's, it... uh, Listen, there's a lot of great teams. Like the favorites, Colorado, great team, Vegas, Tampa Bay. I just feel like the Toronto Maple Leafs have been on the cusp for so long and they've had their, they've gone through their growing pains. They've gone through those difficult playoff losses. And now they've brought in some savvy veterans to help them get over the hump. Yeah. It starts with the game tomorrow night, though. You have to take every regular season game seriously and get yourself in the best position so that you're going in with that one seed, hopefully, into the playoffs. And, then we'll see what happens. But I really like this group, and I think that they have what it takes to push it over the edge. I'm with you, man. Go Leafs, go. Maple Leafs at plus 1,200. All of those bets and all of those odds are available currently right now over at betonline.ag. And, uh, you know, there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. So what does that mean? Well, you throw down 100 bucks. They'll give you $150 to gamble with and uh, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get yourself into the action and don't forget to use that promo code locked on for that extra 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. All right, let's, uh, let's quickly wrap this puppy up and then we can get a nice good rest and go to bed and wake up, and then it's game day. So let's go through it. We got three crazy bold predictions for the season. So did you do uh, general bold predictions, like NHL-wise? Yes, general okay. predictions. Uh, most of them have to do with, well, I'll let you know in a second what they have to do with. But, yeah, they're right. more uh, big-picture NHL predictions. So you've got big-picture NHL predictions, which works out perfectly because I have three crazy Maple Leafs big bold predictions. So it's nice that we'll get a little bit of little bit of a taste of everything here, but I'll let you start with your first bold prediction of this 2021 season. What is it? Well, I teased this before and I think that the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be the winners in the Central Division for the NHL. I think they're going to beat out the Tampa Bay Lightning who are also in that division. Um I expect Dallas after their Stanley Cup run a year ago to take a step back. With some injuries this season, Tyler Sagan is expected to miss the beginning. Ben Bishop out. Uh, the Jackets, I think, are going to take a step back. The Red Wings also in that division. I really expect the Carolina Hurricanes to take the next step forward and establish themselves as one of the premier 
teams in the NHL moving forward with a lot of the young talent they have. Sebastian Osho, Timo Teravainen. Uh, we mentioned the back end before, Andrei Svechnikov. I'm a big fan of the Carolina Hurricanes, and I think that they knock off the Tampa Bay Lightning for the top spot in the Central Division this season. I love it, dude. Love it. And at plus 400, uh, not bad odds, too, if you think that's going to happen. It's a pretty good payout. All right, my number one crazy bold prediction. I think that by the end of the year, Morgan Riley, you talk about a guy who wants to have a bounce-back season. I think he's going to be on the Norris ballot by the end of season. He's got himself a fantastic D partner in TJ Brody. I think they're going to feed off of each other. TJ Brody turned, uh, well, he didn't turn him into it, but he helped uh, the captain, Mark Giordano, become a Norris Trophy winner. I think that he can do some similar things with a guy like Morgan Riley and allow him to do what he does best, and that's activate into the uh, offensive play. And I think that Morgan Riley really is going to have a lot of fun this season playing on a, in a pairing with TJ Brody, and I think that he's going to put up a lot of points and end up on the Norris ballot. So I think that is one of my crazy bold predictions. And if you think that he could potentially win a Norris Trophy, the odds are out there plus 1800. So if you are curious about what what uh, type of odds they are out there. All right, what's your second one, Ken? Well, I would also like to just elaborate that I love that Morgan Riley pick. I think that if he can do it with Ron Hainsey and sniff around the voting, <laughs> he can certainly do it with TJ Brody as his partner. Very true. Very true. I think the Washington Capitals are going to miss the playoffs this year. And it would be the first time, I believe the last time they missed was 2012, 2013. I just look at this division and I feel like with Boston, with Philadelphia, the Islanders are always a tough out. They play that tight checking, annoying style, but they always seem to finish in the top one or two, sometimes definitively in the top three of their division. You got Pittsburgh. We both expect the New York Rangers to take a big step forward. I just feel like Washington is going to be relegated to finishing above Buffalo and New Jersey, but likely in sixth place. Even and perhaps I could be wrong. Maybe this is just recency bias looking at how they treated the bubble and all reports were coming out that they were basically just drinking on the rooftop at the Royal York rather than <laughs> taking their playoff series seriously. And perhaps their new head coach, Peter Laviolette, can whip them into shape. But I expect that with these other teams in the division, the competition is going to be too stiff and the Capitals are going to be on the outside looking in at the end of the year. Yeah, it's that's. <sighs> The only team that I'm worried about that that you mentioned there is probably Boston. I don't know if I see Boston taking a step, right? They lost Tory Krug. They lost the Dan Ochara. Pasternak's going to be out for a month. Um, I, I don't. I I have Boston really taking a step back. Uh, Tuka Rask is a year older. You know, the defense as a whole, I'm not too sure if they are really uh, that great, to be quite honest with you. Uh, so I, I I don't find Boston as a major threat in that group. But, you know, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, the Rangers, I am super high on. I think Buffalo with, with Jack Eichel uh, and, and Taylor Hall, they'll have an opportunity to contend at the very least. And the Islanders, for whatever reason, are always in the conversation. Even They're always the, mixing it up up there at yeah, the top of the division. You write them off, and then they just come in and end up, you know, making you feel foolish by the end of the season. So, you know, it could happen. I I don't know if it will, but that's a bold prediction. Uh, Definitely a bold prediction. All right. This is another uh, lease-related one here, and it kind of goes a little bit with what I said about my over-under, too, about his games played, because I think that Nick Robertson will carve out a top-six role by season's end. What do you think about that? Well, it's certainly bold. Um, 
if Robertson is going to be in the lineup, it would make sense to play him with more skilled players. I'm not certain that at this point in his career, he's ready for that. I think that the Brendan Shanahan and the Maple Leafs organization as a whole was trying to round out the group a little bit more by bringing in some older players, some more established players who can bring a little bit more experience into the room. No knock against Robinson, I, Robertson. rather. I think that he's going to be a very important piece for this Toronto Maple Leafs team moving into the next two, three, four, five season, seasons down the road. I don't see him carving out that big of a role this season, though. So certainly a bold prediction, but I'll, uh, we'll agree to disagree on this one. Something I found really interesting that happened around the NHL this year, and when you take a look at the waiver wire that went across yesterday, the amount of veteran players who you never would have expected to see hit the wire did uh, guys that were waived guys like Michael Froley, Corey Perry, Louis Erickson, Matthew Perot, you know, I just I'm I'm not so certain that uh, you know, guys like Jimmy VC, guys like Wayne Simmons are guaranteed to be on this team the entire year. If they don't perform, I don't think that they'll be uh, uh, they'll be guaranteed spots and and they'll be in the lineup each and every night. So in this you know scenario that I guess I'm playing through in my mind, a guy like Jimmy VC falls out of favor. Uh, maybe doesn't fall out of the lineup, but certainly falls out of that top six role, that that second line role with Tavares and William Nylander and Nick Robertson ends up taking over and uh, really running away with that opportunity. That's that's kind of where I think he carves out his role with this team. That's fair. Uh, I will say like a couple of those players, I do agree with you. I think Louis Erickson at 6 million bucks as a cap hit. Nobody, there was no chance anybody was ever going to touch that player. And I would assume that if one of these top line players for the Toronto Maple Leafs doesn't work out, that Sheldon Keefe may be a little bit more or a little bit bit quicker to plug Zach Hyman in there and then put somebody else in the bottom six. So would not be surprised if, if Robertson carved out a role playing in the bottom six of this team before season's end, but I'm not certain that he'll be on the top two lines. All right. What is your third and final bold prediction? The Ottawa Senators will not finish last (laughs) in the Canadian division. All right. So who finishes last? I'm not sure who finishes last, but it's not going to be the Sens. I think when I look at this season as a whole, I think that Ottawa has exactly what they need to compete. Um, You heard Brady Kachuk speaking before the season started saying that, Making the playoffs is a reasonable expectation for this group. I think they're young. I think they're hungry. It's been well established what a healthy and confident Matt Murray is capable of um, in between the pipes, obviously with two Stanley Cup champions championships with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I just think that in a shortened season, youth is your friend. And in a condensed season, youth is going to be your friend. I think that the center's group is going to be a handful to play against. And when I look at the rest of the Canadian division, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in and some of the net minders, for example, the Edmonton Oilers, if yeah. something happens to Koskinen, they're in big trouble. Well, it's funny. Sorry, missing Oscar Clefbaum. On, I'm a big fan of McDavid and I'm a big fan of Drysaddle. I mean, who wouldn't love those two guys? But of course, there's certainly a number of teams that I could see struggling a little bit down the stretch. You know, if Heliabuck struggles at all, then what are the Jets going to do? If uh, Braden Holtby is not the same player that he has been for the last several years in Washington. He didn't look overly impressive that year. Is Thatcher Demko ready to come in and take over the reins? There's a lot of questions in the bottom half of the Canucks lineup. They lose Tyler Toffoli. I'm just not convinced in all of these teams that necessarily there's going to be one who's worse than the Ottawa Senators. So although all of the projections seem to be putting Ottawa in last place, my bold prediction is that they will not finish in last, that they'll finish in sixth. I like it. 
I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, all right, my last bull prediction. Well, I guess it's not that bold because I kind of already spoiled the party, and I I should have realized that earlier when I picked my Jack Adams Award winner. But I think Sheldon Keefe is going to win the Jack Adams. I really do. That's it's not that crazy bold of a prediction, but that's that's my Leafs related uh, prediction here. I think Keefe uh, ends up bringing this team uh, to a division crown. I think that they kind of mop the floor with the rest of this division, and uh, will end up getting a lot of votes and win him himself a Jack Adams award as the coach of the year. Um, all right, man. Thanks a lot for joining me. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and I am excited for tomorrow, dude. We are less than 24 hours away from puck drop. Mikey, I took an Ambien before we recorded this so that I can pass out right after so that <laughs> I don't have to wait till the game tomorrow night. It's I'm so excited that the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be on the ice against their heated rivals, the Montreal Canadiens. It's been a long stretch without hockey, and I'm so happy for it to be back. Uh, thanks again for having me today. We'll reconvene later in the season for uh, a little bit of an update on how our predictions went, and hopefully for our, both our sakes, since we agreed on a lot of them, that they're going well. But always it's a pleasure, my friend, and I'll be seeing you soon around the station. Oh, 100%, buddy. I'll, I'll see you very, very shortly, and we'll definitely have to get you on again. Uh, before that, we'll just get you on, just to get you on, because love chatting hockey with you, love chatting Leafs. If you guys want to hear some more of Ken Stapon, you can check out his podcast um, at, or, or uh, Not Another Leafs podcast. Also check him out on Twitter at Ken Stapon. Uh, all right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You'd subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms to receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. And uh, tomorrow we are getting set for the game. We have our first preview of the season, and I'm going to be joined by Locked On Canadians host, uh, she is Laura Saba from Locked On Canadian. So she's going to join us for a little bit and do a little bit of a preview for tomorrow. And then it is puck drop. So sleep tight, y'all. Have a fantastic final day of the, uh, I guess, season's eve, I suppose, is what we would be able to call it. <laughs> but I'll Maple, be back. Maple Leaf season's eve. There you go. Maple Leaf season's eve. Uh, have a good one, folks. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode. But until then, keep it locked right here on on Locked On Leafs.